She's the woman with the toughest and most heartbreaking jobs in New South Wales. And her job is to save thousands of abused and neglected children from horrible situations. And now Prugoward has developed a new early intervention approach to child protection. And that focuses on keeping families together with the help of therapists and caseworkers. This will cost $90 million over four years, but we are actually already seeing results. 1,200 fewer children went into state care in the 17 months to last October than the previous 17 months. And it's the first decline in the number of children entering out-of-home care in New South Wales in 10 years, so that has to be good news. The Family Services Minister joins me on the line. Hi, Prue. Hi, Miranda. Well, congratulations on that, and let's talk about the early intervention program in just a minute. But first of all, look, I wanted to ask you about this story that uh, we've been covering in the Daily Telegraph, the tragic story of the two dead ice babies uh, that's currently in a before the coroner's court. Mm. And um, basically, this is the story of a drug-addicted Sydney mother whose newborn babies died within 15 months of each other, and she smoked ice, according to her ex-boyfriend's testimony, more times than I've seen her go to the toilet. And the inquest is currently underway at Glebe Coroner's Court. Now, Prugard, this is just an example of the truly horrific circumstances of the children that your department deals with all the time, isn't it? Yes, there is no such thing as a simple family that we deal with. Uh, Their lives are very complex. They can go back several generations uh, and, of course, I'm monitoring all of the uh, reports of that inquest and I'm advised that FACS has provided the coroner with all the records that uh, it holds that are relevant and we're assisting the coroner. So, as you say, these events are shocking to the public uh, and absolutely tragic for that family and those children. And FACS, which, of course, is your department, um, formerly called DOCS, um, they were, though, trying to stop the uh, those those facts of their dealing with this family, these four children born to this mother from several fathers, um, why was the department trying to stop that information being made public? Uh, look, I can't really comment on that. They, there would be legal con- uh, considerations, but I, I understand that facts has provided the coroner with all the records no. that it holds mm. now and uh, is assisting the coroner, and you probably heard their opening statement uh, to their evidence uh, when they gave it. Uh, And I thought it was a very uh, frank admission of responsibility. I mean, you must be terribly disappointed at the basically the litany of failures, it seems like, from facts or docs. Uh, you, You know, this mother had four children. Uh, two have now died, and there were reports about the children being in danger as early as 2010 with the first child, uh, drug paraphernalia strewn around the house, uh, an after-hours crisis response team didn't follow up. Um, you know, the the department was, uh, this was referred to them, but they closed the report because they hadn't had any report about the state of the home from the Department of Housing. And then six weeks later, this boy was found by police chewing on cigarettes in a drug-filled car with his grandmother. A caseworker attended the home, but competing priorities apparently and the case was closed. Then the next year 2011 there was a shooting at the house over an unpaid drug debt um, this also was was uh, brought to the attention of the department, not responded to due to competing mm. priorities there's so much. I mean another mm. child a girl, a report was made when the mum was eight months pregnant 
concerns about the children being unsupervised. I mean, there could not be a worse situation than this ice-addicted mother who just seems to have no uh, compunction about having her children exposed to to her drug dealings. And also, you know, people were calling the helpline saying ice was being smoked in the house. This One of the children was burnt by a crack pipe, on and on and on. I mean, it's mm. it's a terrible, terrible story. Why were those children left with this terrible mother? Well, look... Amanda, I'm afraid, we, Miranda, we're going to have to wait until the coroner's findings. I really can't comment while it's before the coroner. I can say, of course, that there are many, many families you will be horrified to learn who are in similar circumstances, sometimes worse circumstances, sometimes uh, there's, there's additional complications of domestic violence and, uh, and mental illness. Uh, these are very complex families. Every family is... Uh, uh, struggling in its own way uh, and uh, the job of our extraordinary caseworkers is to identify the ones where the children are really at risk uh, and work with those families. Now we are getting better at that. I mean if you recall when we came to government uh, we were only seeing uh, one in five children at risk of significant harm. That was what we inherited. We had a, a computer system that didn't work. It was called the kids system uh, and we uh, frankly had uh, a department that was still reeling from a special commission of inquiry in 2008. So since then, we have progressively invested. There's now a record investment in facts. We have very different practice arrangements, a very different way approach to children at risk. Uh, and of course, we're now seeing almost one in three. Not nearly enough, but we have managed to increase the number of children seen, which means these children uh, are Get, become more likely to be uh, identified. So let's wait until the end of the coronial hearings before I make any further comment. But to assure you that my every day my burning de determination has been since I was made the minister first in 2011 when we came to government is to make the system better. It's uh, ex not just expensive to do that, to invest in a system that hadn't really changed and improved in decades um, and had a terrible IT system that actually made its life much harder. My recognition, my understanding it has been that it's not always just about money. It is about culture. It is about focus. It is about the determination that you give a department. And I think that's what's also changing. There is now, I mean, everybody says facts is unrecognisable from what it was uh, six years ago. There is now a real determination to work with families to get in there and identify where a child and a family can be helped, which is why we've got more systemic therapy that we're now in, investing in uh, where we've got, where we want to give to families that can look after their children a real chance to do that. But if it can't work, I don't want to leave children in those circumstances at risk and I don't want to leave them in foster care either where they will languish for years with you know any number of foster care families. We need to give them permanency, which is why we're also promoting adoption. This is a big ship to turn around. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not uh, going to be overnight, but I would say uh, since the days that you're describing, there has been an amazing amount of culture change, uh, attitude change, there's a great deal more intelligence brought to where we work and where we don't. Uh, there's a real focus. So there's, you know, I, I believe transparency drives reform. So 
Uh, we publish our caseworker data to make sure that all the districts know that they have to keep their vacancy rates as low as possible. I mean, when I first got the job, the vacancy rate was 13%. So there were 13% of jobs that weren't filled. Mm. Uh, we've now got that down over the last uh, four, three years to an average of 5%. Because it's a tough job, isn't it's it? It's tough. It's tough mm. getting 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 the recruitment constantly on the ball, anticipating when people take leave and making sure you've got the new caseworkers ready to start, keeping up staff morale so people don't move on. It is hard, horrible work sometimes, mm. frightening work, um, and keeping your caseworkers with you, keeping them believing in the mission is a very big part of the executive's life and my life because I go to a lot of community service centres. I've made it my business always to meet a lot of caseworkers uh, and to understand what they carry every day mm. from their point of view. So we're doing all of those things, but it's not, as I say, it's not going to change overnight, but we are moving in the right direction. And as you say, the fact that we have been able to reduce the number of children that we have taken into care without any uh, wholesale increase in tragedies, I think shows you that our judgments got better, uh, our ability to work with families to ensure that the child can stay safely at home has got better, uh, and I think we're on a better path. But we need to invest in it, we need to spend in it, and we need to inspire our caseworkers to believe that it will make a difference. I know in the past children have been uh, permanently damaged because of an ideology which was in you know in your industry which was to keep families together at any cost when really they weren't families in any way that we mm. normally Learned would think that. of a family. They're really single mothers with a parade of uh, you know mm. hopeless boyfriends in and out the door impregnating them and all on welfare. Now I know that you have put an emphasis on adoption. Yep. Why? Well, let me say, say one thing. It might be that Labor might have, uh, you know, given lip service to the ideology of keeping families together, but in fact it doubled the number of children it removed over 10 years without any apparent increase in improved quality of life for those children. But surely uh, they're better off out of an ICE-addicted oh, family. They, they in, absolutely in, with, are. Mm. They absolutely are. Uh, but there are many opportunities to also work with the families where there is the germ of a wish to change. And like take the that the father that father I met out at St Mary's. He was that was Craig. He had three kids. He'd been an ice addict. Uh, he uh, had had a terrible childhood himself. He says, uh, and he'd lost all of his three children. He got them progressively all back. Uh, and he is uh, he is one of our great examples of how multi-systemic therapy uh, for the parent and the children can keep that family together. But your point is, if you don't try anything, but you just say, oh, just let their family stay together, they'll work it out, you're absolutely on a hiding to nothing. But if you ha first of all, you have to recognise there's a huge risk and a huge problem, and then you have to put some investment into it. And then if that does not work... If after six months Craig had changed none of his habits, still using ice and still couldn't parent, then these days we say, Craig, not only are your children going to have to go into care, but we want them to go into permanent care, so we want them to be, uh, to be adopted. We want families who will offer them a home for life, uh, a family environment for life. We don't want children to wake up every morning worrying, that, as foster children do, because they tell me they do, 
that this is a day when the foster carer says, oh, I can't deal with you anymore, you'll have to go back. Or your, your mother says, oh, I want you back because I want more money in my welfare kick. Uh, but that's what uh, Section 90s they're called. They are much more difficult to achieve. Mm. The more likely thing is that um, the child... I mean, you imagine, Miranda, if you've lived in five or six homes by the time you're 13 and you didn't have a great start anyway, you're not necessarily a dear little boy. Mm. Uh, And there will be foster carers, and we've got wonderful foster carers, but there will be foster carers who can't cope, and that child then gets moved on again. Uh, We want that child uh, to have the chance of one family for one childhood because you're only getting one child in your life and it sets you up for the rest of your life. So, But by 13, it isn't it just a, a bit too late? Aren't, aren't uh, as Jeremy Samet from the Centre of Independent Studies, who I know uh, supports you, yes, yep. uh, has written so well, you really need to get children out very early Absolutely. when they're babies so yep. that their brains aren't permanently altered by uh, the uh, abuse and neglect. No, uh, exactly right, which is why we're saying... If you go through multi-systemic therapy or functional family therapy, which, by the way, has had amazing results in the United States, it's an evidence-based program we've bought from there. In New York, for example, there's been a 50% reduction in the number of children in foster care. So what does it entail? Is it someone coming to the house every day, making sure that you're out of bed and not taking drugs? Yes, and working with your attitudes and the way you interact with your children. I mean... To see Craig with his little boys and the affection and the eye contact, eye contact is very important, mm-hmm. and the comfort when things go wrong. Hard for you to imagine that there would, there would, there are parents who don't know how to do that. They didn't get it themselves, mm-hmm. and with their own drug and alcohol or other, um, what do you call it, demons, uh, things as basic as eye contact don't happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I agree with you. What we need to do is get better and be- better at going to families where this is happening before the child is three uh, and putting them into these programs and saying, and we want you to succeed, but if you don't succeed, we are going to put your child up for adoption because we do not want to see a 13-year-old lost child who nobody wants. Yes, absolutely true. Well, look, good luck with all well, of that, Prugard. You've, uh, you know, you are, are trying to turn around a big yes. ship. Look, it just well, be- it's 129. Yeah. Now, before we you go, I just want adoption wanna... orders this year, which when you think that we started with 45 when we came to government, I think just shows you what happens when you are determined on something. Because all that's really changed since then is we've said children need a home for life, and we're going to prioritise adoption and support open adoption. They and are there enough contact? With are there parents. enough parents who want to adopt? Oh yes. Great. Oh yes. That's good. Good news. Yes. Now, can I just ask you quickly, just on a personal yes. level, your daughter Zipporah, who um, we saw last year when she was mm. uh, on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, the former model Kate Fisher, mm. um, and we all know she's had troubles, but I see mm. she's uh, disclosed on social media that she's broken up with her boyfriend in Adelaide. Mm. Um, how is she? Well, I think I, I don't like not answering questions. Mm. But Miranda, I'm not going to answer that. I think that's her business, and I know that she is public, but those words need to come from her mouth. I love my daughter, and um, I want her to have as happy a chance in life as she can. Well said, Prue Goward. Of course, all mothers will have their hearts go out to you, you your children, no matter how old they are. You, you love them and you worry about them. So um, let's hope that um, she's well and she's a lovely young woman. So um, thanks so much, Prue Goward. You're doing a wonderful job in very difficult circumstances.
That was the New South Wales Family Services Minister. And if you missed any part of our chat, you'll find it on the Daily Telegraph website after the show. You're with Miranda Devine coming to you live from the Daily Telegraph newsroom in Sydney. And after the break, we'll be talking to a former army officer who has an absolute bombshell story that will be an exclusive in tomorrow's newspaper. News doesn't have to be boring. The Brits have given Prince Harry a new nickname after yet another tell-all interview. Oh, God, is it the ginger winger? (laughs) Let the team at news.com.au get you up to speed each day with their podcast from the newsroom. A couple were busted joining the Mile High Club. Well, I guess they can't fly virgin anymore. Politics, sport, red carpets, royals. Get all the goss in just a few minutes. Follow from the newsroom wherever you get your podcast from. (laughs) 